Hello and welcome to the 98.out podcast, available on all good podcast platforms, but you know that because you found us. This week, a really interesting guest I have got with me, the announcer at all England cricket matches. So um, stay tuned, don't go away, listen to the end, let's get into it. I've got a very interesting guest with me um, who uh, I'm very keen to talk to in the light of recent events in the last week. It is the voice of English international cricket in this country. It's a warm welcome to Graham Woodward. Graham, welcome to 98 Yeah, nice to be on again, mate. It's uh, great to speak to you after what's been you know, an amazing week, a, a brilliant summer of cricket and international cricket for England. Um, but yeah, the test match that we've just had um, you know, will never ever be repeated. I think as as to what happened, what uh, had to be dealt with um, in in just such a short time. But yeah, no, fantastic thing to be involved with, and obviously England won as well. It was great. That's right. So let's just start with with that. So um, regular listeners will know that I was broadcasting live on air when the news broke last week, uh, which was that day was supposed to be day one of the Test match, but because of events, we didn't get underway until Saturday. Um, which left us three days, which these days really is all you need to get a test match in, as we found out. But um, Saturday was one of those occasions where I've I've been to a lot of cricket down the years and witnessed a lot of things, but nothing ever um, of that magnitude. Uh, And there you were, um, sort of master of ceremonies. Can you just sort of run us through your experience of it? Yeah, I mean, I think you've said about you've been to a lot of cricket. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to do cricket since 98, presenting-wise, but I've also been lucky enough to present an awful lot of other big events, sporting events in big arenas. And and I would go as far to say it was just the most amazing thing, um, largely down to the crowd and largely down to Laura Wright. It was absolutely outstanding. Um, but just the the atmosphere was just was something else. And, and the silence... You know, and I, I did say afterwards, I think that 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I think I will remember for the rest of my life because it was such a dramatic thing. The, the silence in, in um, the Kier Oval was just incredible. I mean, you were there, you know, watching and um, there was an awful lot went into the timing and planning. We had discussions early on the Saturday, but I think when I walked into the ground Saturday morning about half past eight, Laura was rehearsing the anthem. Um, and of course, for those that didn't see it, she sang it without any background, any music. It was just her voice. And I walked in and I was just like, wow, this is going to be incredible. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, that was an understatement. It, it was it was tremendous. And watching back on telly, it's great. But nothing ever will take away being there. And the, that atmosphere in the ground was just electric. The, the, the organisers, um, the Kia Oval and the ECB, had encouraged everyone to get to the ground by 10.30 because uh, they wanted to do something. No one seemed to know quite what was going to happen. Um, as you say, the thing that struck me was the absolute complete silence. I mean, the Oval is possibly the biggest cricket ground in, in the country, um, full of people. And when you go to things where there's a minute silence, I've been to football matches, whatever else, there's always some idiot or joker that, Things is great to walk, whistle, or whatever else. 
absolutely none of that. And the only noise that I could hear was um, there was a building site probably two blocks away where um, you could hear the, the yeah. crane in action. But the ground, the, the silence was incredible. And then to see the players coming down the steps, led by Ben Stokes, in complete silence with no um, histrionics or fist pumping or anything, um, was was just a moment in time for me. Yeah, it was. It, I think it was a great thing. One thing that I always say to to younger people who want to try and get into um, presenting, into announcing, whatever you know, and, and broadcasting in general, is that actually sometimes less is more. And it was one thing. Um, the ECB um, presentation team, led by Phil Williams, um, the, the match manager on the occasion, Jess Stapleton, they did a fantastic job. Along with Surrey, I have to say, Surrey, I've got a brilliant team. The work that went in um, to making what happened happened, and you know, in the end, it actually was very, very simple, but it was so brilliantly choreographed and and put together. And when we do these kind of events, you know, they a lot of the groundwork is done, particularly when we talk of Ruth Strauss Foundation Day, which is is, is such a special day at Lords. Um, but these things, you know, are put together and uh, and then we discuss them in the morning and how we're going to do. And, and, and the big thing with what you've just said is that normally when the players come out for the anthems, I will say, please welcome to the field, the ICC match officials, South Africa and England to come to the field. And it was one thing that we said, I said on Saturday morning and, and, and I said to Phil and Kevin Bannerman, who's been um, alongside me for ever since I started doing the job. That needs to be silent. And Phil said, yeah, I th yeah, you're right. You're right. That's what we want. And the, the reason being, because that actually wasn't needed. And it added the players just walking down. I'd introduced the um, Guard of Honour because that was very much uh, Royal Military. Um, the bell ringer, um, who, again, was the highest ranked um, officer there, and Laura. Um, just prior to that and they came out into the field and then there was this, this silence and the other thing as well was that actually everybody got to their feet because again I think as you said sometimes in that situation you'll get some people and actually if you listen back you'll hear me say just before um, for those that are able please stand because that That's is right. the norm and actually it actually wasn't needed because the whole place. And I think the one, that you, the classic you said, because I was talking yesterday um, after the match, um, and they, the comment was made about the building site. And actually, it was it was tremendous because in a in a London unique British way, it actually fitted in because <laughs> you know that 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 is London. That is London. You know the noises. It was fantastic. So, but it, yeah, no, it was it was amazing. The silence though was just phenomenal. Yeah, <clears throat> I've never I've never experienced anything like it. Um, and as you say, Laura, to sing like that in those occasions because she must have been aware of the gravity of everything and uh, um, you know the, the kind of the weight on her shoulders in doing that. As you say, unaccompanied. Um, just her and a microphone, but she did both anthems as well. And I was actually quite impressed with the way she sang the South African anthem as well. Incredible, incredible. I was talking with a couple of South Africans yesterday after um, or when the game had finished, and they said 
that they were just hoping and, and praying that she could get through the key change because it's such a significant key change. But it was just, that was just impeccable. Um, and I mean, fair play, Laura is an absolute pro. We've, you know, we've had Laura so many times sing anthems and she's done, you know, the big Grand Prix. She's done the big rugby. She's done big football, FA Cup finals, all the big cricket. But it, in terms of that event, to, to be singing that at that time, I mean, I, I just cannot think what was going through. It was bad enough trying to keep together to, to get the words right for, for my part. But that was nothing compared to what she did, to do it so beautifully and brilliantly. Um, as I say, that's something that I just don't think I'll ever, ever forget. No, <clears throat> I think, it, you know, for all of us that are living through these times, it will be something that is etched. You know, where were you, um, your memories of it. And there's just so some of the powerful images that we're seeing on the TV um, of this whole um, you know, ceremony and occasion. Um, and the moment when we all joined in with God Save the King, which was being sung for the first time at a sporting event, I believe, mm. um, I was, I don't mind admitting, I was struggling because I really had mm. a big lump in my throat because of the occasion, because of the importance of what we were doing. But everyone around me, everyone was, was you know, belting out the national anthem. It was, it was just just incredible. Yeah, the whole thing was was fantastic, and I was pleased to get through my first part and my main part, where of, of saying the speech um, and getting to the through the silence and the anthems. Because when Laura sang, that was me virtually gone as well. And yeah. you know, you it was it was clear it was getting to everybody. Um, you know, our, our team was saying that the guy that rang the bell was was in floods of tears. You know. Absolutely no shame because it was just that kind of moment. And, and the realisation, you know, let's be honest, you know, the Queen is 96, so it shouldn't be that much of a surprise, but it's irrelevant. It's still the shock and, and it just hit everybody. I mean, I Friday I went, to, I went to the palace because we had Friday, obviously, where we were waiting to find out what was going on. And I walked down there and it was just, just the most bizarre, you know, but powerful feeling around everywhere that was was just you know everybody coming together um didn't really know what they were doing there i mean when i i out of complete fluke i happened to get there just um as you know, as king charles w uh, was driven back in which was more fluke but i had no idea that was happening but the atmosphere was just electric and and people's reactions you just don't know what you're going to get but i think everybody you know while it's not the biggest surprise because, you know, not many people live to 96 these days. It's still that shock that for just about everybody, whether it's me, whether it's um, my mum, dad, you know, my nanny passed a few years ago. The Queen's been a part of everybody's life. And I think it's just that shock that, hang on a minute, you know, we're not going to be doing the Queen. You know, we're not going to get the Christmas speech this year. And it's, it's stuff like that that really hits people that is just part of everyone's life, you know. I think because she's been part of, you know, you've got to be quite old now to have known anything different. Yeah. Um, and I think we'd almost collectively fallen into a sense of her being almost immortal, really, that she would go on yeah. forever and ever. And, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's where the the, um, the realisation has come in that she's she's not going to be part of our lives anymore and things have changed. It's a big change. Yeah, absolutely. That's And that's right. And people are, you know... Are we going to get a big change in life? Um, I, mean, I don't think we will get too much uh, for the time being, but 
there is, you know, the younger gen, the interest in, in the younger generation and, and their reaction to it as well. Because, you know, I, I remember I spoke to my dad on Saturday and, and, you know, it's like, well, hang on, you know, my dad's, you know, on the, on the verge of 70. And yet, so he's, it's been part of his life as well. Um, and I think that's just that sense of, uh, for everybody. And I think the other thing as well, I spoke to the match officials afterwards um, in the hotel, um, you know, and they were like, you know, it's not our queen. It's, it's, it's not necessarily to do with us, but my God, that was special. Um, you know, and, and how they felt it as well. Um, you know, so from different nations, you know, even my cab driver this morning when I was leaving London, um, you know, he was the same. He was asking all sorts of questions and, and, and things. Um, and I think he was originally Polish, but he was the questions he asked. And he just said, this is absolutely incredible. It's amazing. It's so emotional. Um, so I think that's a good yardstick, really, that how for everybody else. And it's been seen around the world, hasn't it, on the news with the tributes that have been made. Um, I think it goes to show, you know, what a wonderfully respected lady she was uh, and for all she did, uh, quite rightly. And I think bringing it um, sort of back to cricket a little bit, there's, there, I've got an interesting anecdote, which um, what she meant to the game of cricket. So Sir Alistair Cook, who we don't really need to talk too much about. Everyone knows him. Everyone knows what he's done. Um, I was um, at his farm uh, a few years ago, um, uh, helping him birth lambs and drive tractors and whatever else. Um, I quite know how I got roped into that, but I did. But it was a great day out. Um, and we went back to his farmhouse. And as we were walking up there, I was saying to him, I said, you, given your career and all the things in cricket that you've achieved and, um, you know, are you, are you like, you know, other sporting legends that maybe you keep a bit of memorabilia? That was the stump from that game. That was the bat that I hit, whatever. And he said to me, he said, absolutely nothing. I've got no interest. I've got no, I give it all away. He said, I'll give it to charity. I'll give it to whatever auctions, whatever. He said, but there's one thing I've got which I treasure more than anything else. And he wouldn't tell me what it was. And we got inside and um, I just asked him where the, um, the the loo was. And he said, oh, just past the stairs down there. Um, and when you go in there, um, or when you come back, tell me if you notice anything. <clears throat> I didn't notice something in there. On the wall is a photograph of the England team with Alistair as captain being presented to the Queen. And I came back and I said, oh, you got a picture of that? He said, yeah. He said, that to me meant more than anything else that I'd done on a cricket field. And that, yeah, that absolutely says it all, doesn't it? That absolutely says it all. And I think, uh, yeah, that that comment, and for someone that's so highly respected in the game as well, that, you know, and has been right at the very top. And someone made the point the other day that um, when anybody meets the Queen, it's a special moment and it's a moment they will remember for the rest of their life and what they say. And when you think how many people over the years that she's met and she knows yeah. that position uh, and to be into that and to keep coming up with something, you know, quite humorous and, and or, you know, a tale, something that's unique and remembered because every single person will be nervous, probably uh, not themselves about as to what to say and, um, but over the years, the, the amount of, you know, hundreds of thousands of billions, whatever it may be, of people that she's actually done that with is uh, phenomenal. But, I mean, 
Cookie's such a special guy as well. Uh, always good to see him sit around the grounds now doing media work as well. Um, doesn't surprise me. Uh, one of the most random men uh, that you'd ever <laughs> imagine some of the things he likes and does and everything else, but such a top guy. <laughs> so it's been a summer, um, the last week apart, where we've kind of got a bit back to normality and we've got a really entertaining brand of cricket being played by England. You've had front seat to it all. What are your thoughts on uh, this summer of fun? Yeah, it's been very different. Um, it, thoroughly entertaining. Um, I remember the first few years I did test matches. I think only, I think the first two years, only one game went to day five. And then since then, I think it's only two days or two, two matches that haven't gone to day five. And then this year, it's just been completely different, completely bizarre. I mean, the Johnny Bairstow in, uh, innings at Trent Bridge, um, that half an hour where he got that he got that century in 24 years, whatever it is now, since 98, that I've been doing all forms of cricket, I have never seen anything quite like that. Granted, New Zealand continued to bowl short, and Johnny kept saying thank you very much uh, into the stand for six, but I have never seen a half an hour of play like that. And that kind of really sums up the season. Um, you know, England came into it, you know, asked, being asked questions. You know, they've, you know, they've won um, six test matches. It's, it's been phenomenal. It's, they've been entertaining. I mean, the New Zealand series was interesting because um, all three of those New Zealand test matches had points in those games. They could have gone either way. Um and things, you know, England maybe had the rub on a couple of occasions, but, you know, fully deserved their successes, don't get me wrong. But it was very, very tight. Um, I thought we would roll South Africa over quite comfortably because I don't, while I think their bowling um, is very, very good, um, and perhaps we didn't, you know, because of the state of the games, we didn't get to see too much of Maharaj in the, the last couple of games in particular, but their bowling attack very good. But I was concerned about their batting. Um, and I thought there was a good point made during this match that actually on one occasion they've kind of made above par with the bat and that was at Lord's and that allowed the bowling to come into play. Um, and of course, since then, the bat just hasn't, you know, no one's really got going. I mean, Dean Elgar, I thought, looked his innings at uh, Lord's where if you remember, he hit wicket, played on and was so unlucky, and he was set at the time, just looked phenomenal. And he never quite got going again. And and I just felt with Dean that perhaps, because he's such a very, very good player, I just wonder whether the captaincy maybe affected him in the, in the second and third, because there was a lot going on. And he was fully aware how important his wicket was. Um, because the second and third tests, in the end, England have, you know, have won fairly comfortably as I thought they probably would so overall you've got to look at it you know when you look at that in the India match as well thoroughly entertaining and when England have won so many games after what's been you know a couple of years where it's been a bit iffy I mean again going back to my first few years on home turf with England you know we never lost we never lost and then there was that couple of year period where you know anything was happening and, yeah. and you know it, it wasn't great but Fair play, you know, um, the change of management, you know, change of captain. Um, Joe Root, absolutely fantastic uh, with, with his captaincy. You know, but maybe the freshen up and just the different approach, 
you know, it's it's it was what was needed, and is you know, is a good move. But been thoroughly entertaining, that's for sure. <laughs> the thing that always fascinates me with you, and I've got the utmost respect for how you go about your job, whether it's the World Cup final 2019, whether it's all the events the last week, whether it's anything and everything else in between, your ability to just calmly announce what <laughs> needs to be announced without any kind calmly. of... <laughs> well, I mean, surely there must be times when you're almost jumping up and down out of your seat, but you have to maintain that famous composure. But um, it is a it is a tremendous skill. Uh, thank you. But I mean, with, with cricket, it's... It, it's that experience and and of the game that's the key and it's knowing it's knowing the right time to try and come in because as you all know you've been to many games particularly with with four houses where you know there's no point coming in at a certain point where the crowd are at their absolute highest you know it's it's the right time it's trying to get the right um momentum you know the names a lot of people off, often ask why in test matches which is tradition but may change that, you know, we don't say dismissals and the incoming battle like there is and everything else. And part of that is because the drama is enough, uh, you know, for that type of game. And it's, but it is, a lot of it is knowing the, the timing. And don't get me wrong, anyone can come in and do um, the job and, and everything else and do a fantastic job. But the one, the one thing that, you know, I would answer is how you keep like that is I think just the experience of the game and having done, you know, every format, um, for so many years, county level, um, you know, international level, it's it's just trying to know the right time to do it, and you you kind of with experience get to know that. I mean, a lot will say I've probably done it too long, so maybe you know <laughs> it's time of that experience to disappear. But you know what I mean? It's 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 getting the feeling for the game, the feeling for the crowd, and knowing the right time. Uh, you know, and that's the key. Well, even uh, even. Um... I always get very excited going to Thursday at Test matches. I, I just, I, I'm still a kid. I'm still a kid where Test match cricket is concerned, and also getting on an aeroplane. I am still that small child that's excited, whatever else, and and wandering into Lords and 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 you know becoming part of that famous hum, whatever else. Still, one of the spine tingling moments of being at Lords or being at the Oval or wherever is when your dulcet tones come over the PA system. With that lovely welcome to Lords um, piece that you do much before players started, and just sort of making people, it just to me sets the tone for the occasion, and it, it does it every time. And you are very, very, very good at it. I must admit. Well, thank you, thank you very much. But of course, one thing I will say was that Johnny Dennis, who I took over from, and I've, I've mentioned this many times, Johnny was he was a fantastic man, and um, he, I took over from Johnny in 2013, and I think uh, Johnny passed in the winter of 2015. Just one of the greatest people ever that you would ever have met. And 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 I learned more from him about timing um, than anything else. And I remember um, Mark Chapman of BBC, who worked on a, a lot of games with us, we, we had a, an infamous night out once where Johnny was there um, and we had this DJ that at the time it was the, it was must have been 2009 for the T20 World Cup or 13 for a Champs Trophy, and um, it was the most random four people together you're ever likely to find. And and we had this DJ, big Afro, great character, KG he was called, and uh, he was with us. You had Johnny, 
who was, you know, in his 70s. There was me uh, and you had Chappers as well. And Chappers just said to me at the end, he, he was like, you sure about this? And at the end of the night, he said, oh, my God. And he said, I would love to get Johnny in a room and record him. And, yeah, to me, because Johnny's, Johnny's stories were phenomenal about the old school acts that he knew, uh, as well as as well as well cricket. He, he did a lot of theatre and did a lot of um, TV and movies and voiceovers. And, and some of his stories were just phenomenal, some of the names that got mentioned. But he was, uh, he was phenomenal, phenomenal because, bearing in mind, I first met Johnny... Um, mid to late 2000s, 2008, 2009. So I've been doing the job a fair while. And I remember walking in a test match and thinking, oh, I wonder why this, this is done and this is done and this is done. And um, I went and sat with Johnny and I just sat there and you just learned more. But a bit like you just said, the timing was phenomenal. The timing of his timing was just brilliant and his delivery. And, and that's kind of where I think, don't get me wrong, People, things will change, things may change, who knows, but there is the tradition of Lords, there's a tradition of test matches, and, you know, people enjoy that, there is no doubt, and that's how that should be. Other things have gone off in other directions, that's changed, that, whether we like it or not, happens, and, you know, and, and fair play, and you go with the times, because, you know, everything will change, but I think people, in, you know, people like that, people like the, what they what they get because um, test match cricket is so so special um, and you forget whether you're going for the first time whether you're going for the 500th time you go to a match at Lord you go to a match at the Oval you go to a match at you know uh, Headingley Trent Bridge Old Trafford it's a very special moment for somebody and you want to try and add to that day no you do so as the sun sets on yet another England domestic season um england heading off to pakistan but uh, what does the autumn and the winter hold in store for mr graham woodward well i'm doing the royal london final on saturday which i'm looking forward to lancashire and kent um which will be a special moment of course for darren stevens who's been you know playing for pretty much most of the time i've been around so i've seen you know <laughs> what a special talent he's been and uh, if it is to be the Swan Song, which I think it is, then, you know, that, let's hope that that's a, a cracking day for him. Um, although I think Lancashire are, are very, very strong. But um, I've got that. Uh, then I'm actually looking forward to a week a, a week away um, because the summer is such a busy time trying to do all my different jobs um, doing that. I work, obviously, in horse racing, um, working um, with a couple of the betting um, partners, where I do uh, horse racing and general sport, which involves Envision um, on the middle and, and early doing voiceovers, covering all sports. So we'll get to cover some cricket on that. I'm glad to say on the various tours that take place and no doubt when the big bash starts, that sort of thing. Um, and the motor racing I do, which uh, I enjoy, which is stock car racing with um, Speedworth, which um, although is nearing the business end of their season, we still have a couple of their world finals to come. Um, but also um, we have a, a channel, Speedworth TV, which I'm uh, very much involved with. And, and we have Friday night magazine programmes. We have a quiz show. There's all sorts of programmes. And they tend to run throughout the winter months in the close season. So I'll be going out recording a lot of features, um, going recording a lot for those programmes. And again, that's something that I've grown up with, like cricket, that I enjoy. 
Um, and it's a bit of a change. It's something different. You know, I still cover race meetings for them, but during the winter, doing those features is 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 good fun because, you know, like cricket, you get to meet over the years so many special people, different generations, their families, and that carries on. So I enjoy that. So, um, yeah, I'll be horse racing on the whole. Um, few trips, few few race days as well. We'll be on track doing some bits. Um, few days where we'll be at racetracks having a drink um <laughs> not working but i am looking forward to a couple of um uh, breaks in the sun uh in the canaries just to chill out do nothing and uh yeah get get some sun because uh it does it is a very long summer i'm sure it's you know it is for everybody but it's just nice to occasionally refresh the batteries from stock car racing to day one at lords what a yeah. Well, what an array of ability you have got, sir. And listen, <laughs> on behalf of me and on behalf of all cricket fans that attend the games um, and, and and hear your voice on the television, the radio, I, I really would genuinely like to thank you for your contribution to this summer, particularly over these last few days. Uh, it was it was an incredible occasion. Um, you were front and centre kind of, emceeing the whole thing um which you did absolutely astoundingly well i really you were a very big part of the events that happened over the last couple of days so uh thanks from not just me but everyone in the cricketing world for your contribution to a very very important event thanks man that means an awful lot and uh as i say all, you, all we try and do is add to an occasion and and that was something very, very special. And it was very nerve-wracking, even after all we've done over the years and everything. But uh, no, that means a lot. And as I say, well done to Surrey, well done to the ECB team. It was there was an awful lot that went into that and everybody, and in particular to Laura, who was just absolutely first class. But uh, no, I really appreciate that. Graham Woodward, the voice of England cricket. Many thanks for joining us. Thanks, mate. Wish you a good uh, and happy, safe winter. <laughs> Thanks for listening to 98 Not Out, the cricket podcast. Please subscribe to the show in your podcast app to make sure you see the new episode each week as it appears in your feed. And if you enjoy the show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help us introduce the show to even more people. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you on the next episode.